0: Bringing hope to many around the globe. Transforming lives into legacy. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otevich. And now, today's Word. The Dominion Mandate. This is part six of the Dominion Mandate. And the subtitle is Subdue the Earth. Part six of the Dominion Mandate. Subtitle Subdue the Earth. We have taken some time to look at God's mandate to man as found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And we have looked at the mandate generally. We've looked at being fruitful. We've looked at the seed that makes us fruitful. We've looked at multiplying. We've looked at filling the earth or replenishing, as Old King James says. And today, we're looking at the fourth imperative of our mandate to have dominion, subdue the earth. Let's go back to our foundational text in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to verse number 28. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to verse number 28. And let's hear the reading. Of God's word. Then God said, Let us make man in our image. According to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air over every living thing that moves on the earth in this passage we find God's express intentions declared before he made man he declared the reason why he was going to make man let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion. That was the reason why he was creating man. He just didn't want to create a being just to exist. And he didn't want the being to come to earth groping to find its purpose. But he wanted that being he is about to create to know the reason why he was created. So he said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion. So he created man in his image and he gave them dominion. In order for man to exercise dominion, God gave man four imperatives, four commands that he, we must fulfill in order to get to the point of having dominion. And we've looked at the first three, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and uh, To subdue the earth this imperative subduing the earth is that which ensures that after being fruitful after multiplying after filling the earth you can exercise control over what you have achieved and maintain your success you know it's very easy to be great and to lose it all it's very easy to expand and lose it all. In our lifetime, we have seen great movements, sometimes even church movements, which have grown very big and are nowhere to be found today. We have seen great companies which were very big, household names, brand names recognized all over the world, which are nowhere today. We have seen individuals who have achieved greatness who couldn't maintain their greatness. They were fruitful they multiply, they fill the earth, but they couldn't subdue, they couldn't control what they have succeeded in achieving. So what does it mean to subdue the earth? I'll give you three broad areas that subduing the earth covers, and then I will go into three specific areas also in which you can actively subdue the earth. Subdue the earth means to conquer exceptional barriers. To conquer exceptional barriers. In your effort to fill the earth with what you have, you will come against formidable obstacles and limitations. They can come in many forms. It can be cultural barriers racial or ethnic barriers gender barriers religious barriers geographical barriers environmental hazards they can come in many forms and as you try to spread yourself and to fill the earth and to really make your presence felt you have to deal with some of these obstacles you have to conquer these barriers and remember The barriers are there not to keep us out, but to exercise our ability to overcome. When God brings a test in our way, he knows that we have the ability to overcome the test or to pass the test. So there will be barriers as you seek to expand in the areas that God has called you to. And when they come, you must conquer them. That is how we subdue the earth. Secondly to subdue the earth means to control untamed elements. The world that Adam and Eve were born into or were created into was a wild world. There was no civilization. There was no cultivation. Everything was growing wild. Nothing had been created. There were no cars to transport people. No bridges over rivers and no bridges over valleys. There was nothing. There was no ladder to climb up to a tree. If man was going to make this earth useful, he had to learn to tame the elements, to tame the wild and make the wild convenient for his life. So to subdue the earth is to control untamed Element. Thirdly, to subdue the earth is to cultivate for useful purposes. It means to harness the earth's natural resources for beneficial purposes. It also places responsibility on man to ensure that the resources of the earth and the function of the earth are held in proper balance for future generations. As guardians of the earth, God has given mankind the responsibility of harnessing the earth's resources wisely. That is why environmental protection is very important. We cannot just continue cutting timber from Ghana, for example, and hope that the rain will fall in May. In the last 60 or so years, Ghana has degraded. 95% 95% of its equatorial forests, the green belt, gone. We've cut them for charcoal, cut them for uh, farms, cut them to export timber. And only 5% of our forests still remain. That simply means that we have disturbed the cycle. So if there is no rain and there is heat, and we are all complaining about the heat, Who's responsible? We are. We are. To subdue the earth does not mean to destroy the earth. It means manage the earth in such a way that perpetually, as the earth remains, it will produce for you. But if we don't, we're in big trouble. And it's not only in Ghana, it's all over the world, but I think ours is getting quite severe if God told man to subdue the earth it also meant that he had to be responsible for the resources of the earth we have to make sure that when we spread and grow and increase we manage the earth in proper balance we make sure that we don't take so much out of the earth that it is not able to sustain itself because the earth Is not a spirit. The earth is physical. It is not infinite. It is finite. The things in the earth have got a limitation. And when we don't balance exploration properly, we may damage the earth. So God said to man, subdue the earth. Be fruitful. Multiply. Spread out. But as you spread out, subdue make sure that things are in proper balance not only the earth but your own life as well now i want you to go with me back to genesis chapter 2. genesis chapter 2 verse 7 gives us the process for creating man in genesis 1 verse 27 uh 26 to 27 it says god created man but didn't tell us really how that was done in chapter 2 verse 7 we are given a little window into what happened for the creation of man. And I want you to take note because I'm going to draw your attention to something interesting there. Genesis 2 verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Now when you read That word, that verse in English, it doesn't give you clearly, or it doesn't give you the picture as clearly as you should, because in the Hebrew there is a play of words, and those that play of words helps us to understand what God is talking about. There is a play of words on two words. The first is the word man, the word man in the Hebrew. Is Adam, and that's why the first man was called Adam. As a matter of fact, Eve, the woman, was also called Adam. That simply means man, it's a designation for mankind. Literally, the word Adam, which is used for man, is in reference to the reddish brown earth, reddish brown earth that the man came out of. That also gives you an indication of the skin pigmentation of the first man. He came out of reddish brown earth. All right. So we have the word Adam. And then the second word I want you to note is it says God made man out of the dust of the ground, or the, some translation says the dust of the earth. The word that is translated ground in the Hebrew is Adama. So, God took, from Adam from Adama. What does that mean? It simply means that the first man was an earth man, and mankind were earth people. We came from the earth. The Adam came from the Adama. And God breathed into the Adam, the breath of life, and transformed the Adama into a living person. But the interesting part is that God took the man from the earth. Now normally, when you are taken from something, it means you are a subset of the thing. Is that right? Because the earth is where you came out of. So in terms of who has the power, the thing you came out of must have power over you because you came out of it. Is that right? But that is not what God did. God took man from the earth and then gave man power over the thing he took him out of. So although we come from the earth, we are not subject to the earth. The earth is subject to us. We came from the earth, but we have power to subdue the earth. So there are two implications I want to bring to your attention. The first is that we are taken out of the earth and given dominion over the earth. Taking out of the earth, giving dominion over the earth. And by the way, The part of earth that God made man out of is the fertile earth. The productive part of the earth. That simply means that right from the beginning, God took man out of a fertile piece to indicate that man was equipped with the ability to be fruitful and to be productive. Taking out of the earth... And giving dominion over the earth. Second idea is that what God delivers you from, he also gives you power over. What God delivers you from, he gives you power over. So if God takes me out of a family of drunkards, he doesn't make me a drunkard. He takes me out of a family of drunkards and give me power over the thing he took me out of. That simply means you cannot blame your background for who you are because whatever God takes you out of, he gives you power over. God takes you out of, that thing does not have the power to control you. You have power to control it. He takes you out of it and gives you dominion over it. He takes you out of it and gives you dominion over it. You cannot live your life by always blaming where you came from. Some people say, you have no idea where I came from. You don't know my background. And so, whatever your background is, when God takes you out of that place, that place does not have power over you again. You are now the person who has the power. God took man from the earth and he gave him power over the earth. God wants you to exercise dominion over your past. He wants you to exercise dominion over your environment. You have, he wants you to exercise dominion over the place that produced you. It simply also means that the environment that produced you cannot control your destiny. So far as you have the breath of life, the environment that produced you cannot determine your destiny. You can grow up in the most deprived slum area like our own Sodom and Gomorrah over here and still rise up from there and become the most polished individual, civilized, cultured, and cultivated. Why? Because when God takes you out of, he gives you power over the thing. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Ottoville. Like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Ottoville. Email Ottoville at centralgospel.com or call. Plus two three 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 zero two six eight eight zero zero zero.